0: Good morning, Keith. How you doing, bro? I'm good, man. How are you doing? Good, man. Just uh, out here consuming mushrooms, brah. Like, like hallucinogenic shrooms? Nah, no, 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 no. Like reishi, cordyceps. Getting after some chaga. You ever heard of these? <laughs> <laughs> What are you talking about? It turns out that mushrooms are are genetically closer to humans' DNA than they are plants. They got huge benefits. So, like, reishi is, like, the best antioxidant booster of uh, killer cells that we have, that we know of. NK, natural killer.
1: If we videotaped these conversations mm-hmm. I think I would share the expression of everybody listening I don't know what you're talking about but this this actually sounds interesting to me so eat it for a week and let me know how it goes here we go Welcome back to More in Common. It's our first interview of 2018 and under the new name. Couldn't be more excited. Also, couldn't be more excited about our guest today, uh, Felicia Killings. for a quick bio and intro, Felicia is a she's a devoted mother. She's an educator and an entrepreneur. Uh, she is the founder and CEO of FK Ministries, uh, which seeks to help people walk in their calling. She's an executive director of Laya Amor a Publishing, which helps Christian authors build their writing ministries, and she is committed to helping people discover that, that we have more in common with each other in spite of our political differences, which is a big reason why we're so excited to have her today, and her and her mission in life is very similar to ours. You can go to her website at www.feliciakillings.com, and if you're wondering about the spelling of all these, they'll be in the show notes as well, so you can, you can look it up um, on, on however you're listening to the podcast today. But in today's episode, what we do is we explore Felicia's experience as a teacher and how she has really worked in different ways to bring common decency to the world uh, by promoting promoting acceptance and tolerance of, of each other and our ideas. That whole sentiment of more in common than different, right? We explore our different viewpoints on on different topics, and we navigate an awesome dialogue uh, that represents how we can have these conversations with very different viewpoints on particular issues. Um, we're excited to meet Felicia for the first time ourselves, and excited for you guys to get to know Felicia as well. And, and we're looking forward to future conversations it always seems to be that there's never enough time in these in these recording sessions to to really get to where we want to go especially when it's the first time you're you're meeting someone um, and, and really getting to know them so um, enjoy the show we're excited to bring it to you today and and uh, as always don't forget you can leave a review on iTunes stitcher Google Play however you listen to our podcast and you can certainly leave a review on our website website www.moreincommonpod.com
2: Instead of me coming at her, which I don't really like to do on on social media, instead of me coming after her, I just raise a question. I'm just challenging people's way of thinking that, hey, you just don't have to agree with someone just because they look just like you.
1: Welcome back to More in Common, officially first episode with the new name, where we look to expose different perspectives and experiences, evaluate our mindsets in an effort to evolve the way we think about others and the world. Uh, Today with us, we have Felicia Killings, um, who comes to us from a from a connection Rodney's sister had made due to a Facebook post, Facebook. and I think uh, I think that's where we're gonna start. <laughs> yeah. So, so I, if Felicia, if, if you wouldn't mind, I mean, Rodney and I have both read through the Facebook post. We actually didn't participate in it. We did not. But <laughs> if you can give us a little bit of background on what it was. And maybe not your thoughts on it just yet, we'll get into that, uh-huh. but just kind of the the outcome of what, what occurred and how what, what uh-huh. spurred you to actually make the post?
2: Yeah, well, uh, on my page, my personal page, I talk a lot about race. And um, I'm a former English teacher, and I used to talk about this with my students a lot. So I have students, I have former students, I have new people who follow me. And so because I was talking about race and politics a lot... I, I made some post and someone else shared it on their page. And some of the comments from that share was, "Oh, look at this slave," you know, or "Look at this B word." And she's, you know, da 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 da. So instead of me coming at her, which I don't really like to do on on social media, instead of me coming out to her, I just raised a question to my audience. I said, "You know, if, if a black person calls me a slave, are they being racist?" Versus if a white person calls me a slave, of course, we're going to say, oh, that's racism da, 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 and raise hell and all this stuff. And so I raised that question more so rhetorically. I mean, I already knew the answer to it. I knew what my thoughts were, but I wanted to bring other people to the table. And sure enough, <laughs> it just kind of exploded from there. <laughs> I didn't really mean to do that, um, but I have people who who were like, yeah, that is a racist statement. No, that's not a racist statement. And I mean, it just kind of went from there. And I know Rodney, your sister, she chimed in and she was like, "Um, well, it seems like you already have an agenda in terms of what you are asking here. And I said, I do, I do have an agenda. I want to bring more people to the table so that we can have these kind of bold, honest discussions about what's happening in our culture, our society, with politics. Um, within the church, I talk about the church a lot. So that's how it, it just kind of emerged that way. And uh, <laughs> I think that conversation went on for a couple of days. After a while, I had to jump out because, you know, you can get on Facebook and be there all day, you know, a yeah. conversation. Yes. So,
0: yes. And and I think that your response, well, your response got her thinking. And then she mm-hmm. responded like, oh, okay, I, I, mm-hmm. I made some assumptions that I shouldn't yeah. have made. And then... Yeah. It. She was at at my house for dinner and said, hey, I got somebody that I think you should talk to
1: because
0: mm-hmm. I, I don't even think she, she just took a feel on it. But it turns out our missions
1: are both very similar.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: And I, I think that the statement you had made back to Rodney's sister was. I do have an agenda to bring both sides to the table to discuss our ideas in a rational manner. And Mm -hmm. I mean, could that be not more aligned to our mission? So,
2: Mm -hmm.
1: you know, I know I kind of started with where how we got together and, you know, we can dive a little deeper into that post. But I'd love to learn a little bit more about about you. Like, Mm -hmm. where, where did you grow up? Mm-hmm. What got you to a place, you know, what was the journey that got you to a place to talk a lot about race on your social social media page, which is a which is a bold thing for some people to do? And mm-hmm. what what brought you to a place that wants to bridge the gap and, and, and mm-hmm. have these conversations?
2: OK, well, I um, growing up, I grew up in California, very devout Christians. My parents were pastors. They still are. And uh, I was raised in a Christian home, went to Christian school. Uh, About the ninth grade, I transitioned to the public school. And that's really where I began to see a big difference in terms of how certain individuals are educated. And so that kind of spurred my interest to get into the public school uh, spectrum. And I did that. I went to UC Davis. I Obtained my bachelor's degree in English, a BA in African American Studies, an MA in Education, and I started teaching in Fairfield. And Fairfield was a big cultural shock for me because I was very used to um, multi-ethnic, multicultural communities. You know, at our church, at my father's church, that's what we have. Nearly every couple is an interracial couple. You know, over there, so. Getting over to Fairfield, particularly in this newer developed area called Cordelia, you had these kind of segregated communities and it was just very awkward. And so you could actually see and sense the differences in the way that teachers, administrators, even other students dealt with one another. And so recognizing that, seeing a lot of the a lot of the issues that were taking place, I just called an action to it. I was like, we got to talk about this. You know, there's gotta be something that we can do to bring people to the table to discuss what's actually happening. You know, you had black students and brown students who felt like teachers were picking on them and you know suspending them, all these different things. Well, let's bring that to the table. Let's discuss why you feel this way and then how can we come around and bring some solutions? I actually talk about this in my book, Fear, Faith, and Patience. That's pretty much the premise of it in my experience in terms of bringing awareness to a lot of the stuff that's happening in the public school system. So then after that, it kind of, I mean, I'll say this to your listeners. If you aim to talk about race, if you aim to be a leader and a voice, on behalf of others, you need to be ready to be attacked. (laughs) You need to be ready for the bullets, because it's very lonely in that kind of a position. You know, I can imagine how it was for our leaders during the 60s, during the 50s, 60s, and 70s. It it was lonely. And there's a reason why they were murdered or maligned or thrown in jail. There's a reason for that, because you're challenging the status quo. You're, You're challenging the current narrative you're challenging people's ideas of how we ought to operate and so that a lot of bad stuff <laughs> i'll just put it like that a lot of bad stuff happened to me as a ha, result ha, of it do, do
1: mm-hmm. you do, do you mind like but was it written bad stuff did you get threats at home
2: like oh yeah. Pretty, yeah oh yeah yeah i mean there was one day during the school year where, um, you know, there were text messages going around saying, Miss Killings and her students, they're targets. There's gonna be a race war at the school. I mean, the school, um, that day that it happened, we call it the threat day. That day it happened. Nearly 95% of the student population did not come to school because they were just that worried about it, and that's a huge hit to the district in terms of finances. So when my name is associated to that, the whole idea was, oh, Felicia's starting this up. She's convincing people, the students, not to come. It couldn't have been further from the truth whatsoever. So that's why I say, you know, when you when you put yourself out there, even with all the great ind- Intentions that you have you have to understand that you will somehow become a target. Somebody will misrepresent you Somebody will threaten you someone will do something to you and that's what I encountered Uh, Not just threats from you know People on the top but even students who are not just threatening me But the students who are working with me to help bring about this kind of change So when like I said, you know when you're confronted with that, It changes you. You know, I went into education just to teach. That's all I wanted to do, you know, teach English, uh, teach reading, writing, all that stuff. And it became so much bigger than myself. And I really realized that the public education system is just that. It's a broken system that does not want to be fixed. And that's a very big challenge. There's just no desire to see any kind of reformation or any kind of change that will actually bring every student, regardless of race, to the same standards of excellence. And so I became very bitter and very angry about the entire situation. I was, I was like, man, I should have went into corporate. I could have got more money. You know, <laughs> I just I was really upset that I had gone in that direction. But it took many years for me to get back to a place where, you no, know, this is my calling this is what I'm supposed to do. Sometimes you do have to get out there. So in the process, I kind of made Facebook and social media, my classroom. (laughs) So, So I bring people from everywhere to talk about the same issues that I addressed 10 years ago. And in doing so, you know, you, you learn a lot about people. People really expose themselves on, on social media. They will tell you all kinds of things. And, um, some good, some bad, but I mean, you've seen for yourself. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah.
0: yeah. A fair amount. For
2: sure. Yeah. How That's- do you
1: feel about, um, I have two questions on the public. So how do you feel about it 10 years later?
0: Mm-hmm. And, oh.
1: mm-hmm. and, um, what, what do you think mm-hmm. is the driver behind that the the lack of is it uh, the the lack of progress as it Mm -hmm. relates to maintaining some level of dialogue and do you think it's ubiquitous to all public school systems or do you think it's a it's Mm -hmm. a lot where you are like where where you're there's a lot there but yeah
2: uh, Uh, ten years since being in the system well I should say out of the system it's gotten worse in my opinion in fact I won't even send my daughter to public school I homeschool her myself Mm -hmm. so. There are just certain things that I don't agree with, spiritually speaking. I don't like that schools just don't talk about reading, writing and arithmetic, you know, getting back to the basics of things. And yes, you can introduce certain topics if they are pertinent in terms of teaching tolerance in the sense of you don't get to put your hands on someone just because they disagree with you. To me, that's (laughs) being tolerant. But it doesn't mean that I have to comply with everything that you believe. And I feel like in the public school system, there's this huge push to force everyone to move in one direction. There's no fostering of different ideas. There's no welcoming of progressive and conservative within the same sphere of dialogue. There is just this big progressive, you do what we kind of say do, and that's just going to be that. If, so I, I don't feel like it's growing. <laughs> I think it's getting worse.
0: Something I've always felt um, <clears throat> is that we're, as a society, especially, well, American is all I know um, mm-hmm. deeply, we tend to over-index on, on one set, like overly liberal, overly conservative. Yeah. And mm-hmm. it seems like most people are somewhere more in the middle. Mm-hmm. But we never really talk to them. We—it's it, the loudest voices on the edges that get all the mm-hmm. attention, and mm-hmm. lots of people talk about it. And I think part of our, or I know that part of our goal here is to find that that middle, mm-hmm. find find mm-hmm. you, and find our listeners that want to find those solutions and come to the table. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's interesting you mentioned that. So I grew up like super. I grew up in Indiana, very very similar background. Mm-hmm. I, um, Part of my life in Catholic church, part of my life in Christian churches, mm-hmm. and then moved to I moved to the devil's land according to a lot a lot of uh, India. <laughs> a a yes. lot of my family and friends. I have I even had somebody from my church at, at one point. I had never even thought about California, but uh-huh. um, I think I was like ten or eleven, and they're like, Just promise me you'll never move to California. <laughs> I was like and like at the point at that time i didn't know what i meant. i was like sure i'll never go to
2: California. Uh-huh. but then yeah
1: i got here and i was like wait it's
0: just people
1: the weather yeah oh. <laughs> wonderful i know <laughs> as i'm as i'm staring at uh, six inches of snow and oh no no no. Yeah. no 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 <laughs> no
2: i can only tolerate about 45 degrees and then <laughs> it's like oops
1: that's it.
0: I want to ask. I know in your book you mention an incident, and I think it got brought up a couple of times other places as well. That mm-hmm. is something that you experienced in school, and I think that was the catalyst for mm-hmm. um, you trying to bring everybody together. Mm-hmm. Do you talk about the incident outside of the book, or would you be willing to talk about it here?
2: Yeah, sure. So uh, this was in 2006, I believe, around April 4th, and. Um, we had a situation where some students were on school campus grounds. They were driving recklessly in the student parking lot. I think it was about two or three white young men. And what they were doing was they had their Confederate flag hanging from their truck. They were saying, from what I understand, racial slurs. And then they had this large stuffed animal that And they put this rope around its neck and dragged it from their truck. And, I mean, just looking at your faces, you already can see the kind of reaction that the student... This was on the
0: school grounds?
2: This was on school grounds, yes, in the student parking lot. And so a number of students, black, white, Asian, a number number of them came to my classroom. And they said, Ms. Killings, there's something that's happening. I don't know if you heard about it. And so after they told me, I mean... I. (laughs) I'm just like, I don't even understand how something like this can happen. And the principal not called for this, the staff to come together and say, this took place. Let's address it. It was completely thrown under the rug. So um, <laughs> me be <being> me, <laughs> I, I listened to my students and I, I, I sent out an email. I wrote an email to the entire staff and I said, this is what's happening on school grounds. Are we going to do something about it? And so that kind of got me in hot water because the principal felt like I should have came to her first. And mind you, I'm not even thinking about protocol. I'm thinking about let's get action. You know, let's do something. Let's bring these students together to bring some kind of healing. Now, the problem that a lot of the black students had was that those students who had did that act simply got a detention.
1: So they were actually students. They weren't some random.
2: Oh, yeah, yeah. They were students. So the only thing they got was a detention. And that really bothered them because a lot of students were being, um, I don't want to say targeted, but sometimes when you do certain actions and you look a certain way, you get a certain amount of attention. So I have students who were like, you know, I'm getting suspended because I said a cuss word to my friend. You know, and yet these individuals did something so incredibly disturbing to the whole body, yet they only got a detention. So we brought up those issues about how there's this disparity in the way that black students and brown students are being suspended or expelled versus their counterparts. And it wasn't in a sense. I wasn't trying to say that everybody here is racist. (laughs) It's like, no, let's talk about why. These students are being suspended and why these other students over here just got a detention like that just does not equate what you're telling us on the other end is that, well, it's OK for them to do something like this, but it's not OK to, t- to use a swear word. So it was yes. about confronting that. Uh, mm-hmm.
1: uh, it's it's interesting kind of an episode we haven't released, but something that we have recorded um, mm-hmm. with our last guest and his conversation. We were talking to him a lot About unconscious bias and how it Mm -hmm. how it causes this type of action that impacts children for a really long time. And you look at inner city, predominantly black schools where Mm -hmm. kindergarten kids, they get into a fight. They get suspended or expelled from kindergarten and the impact that that leaves. Right. Let alone in high school. And you see this disparity of these kids just get detention. Ho hum. mm -hmm. how do you do? Have a nice day. When someone may be caught with a little bit of pot and might get expelled for the forever, for if not just suspended for the year. Okay. And oftentimes it's a sting color thing, depending, right. on, depending on the authority at the school.
0: Well, and the other thing that uh, we were talking about, uh, along with unconscious bias, is he's talk- he works on the, the school-to-prison pipeline. OK, OK. And talking about how to what Keith was just mentioning, a uh, kindergartner start, starts a trail of becoming suspended mm-hmm. and expelled, how, how that erodes self-esteem and ju- just ability to even function. I mean, you can't keep up with your classmates if you're not there in class.
2: Right. And
0: right. Um, and then how the bias part plays into black and brown and, and other. Mm-hmm.
1: Um, and and you always ask the question, like, how, how can high school kids feel comfortable Mm -hmm. with doing something like that Mm -hmm. and just, I mean... Let alone their beliefs and the way they think about the world. Forget that. Just the yeah. fact that there is no consequence. Like, that is right. zero consequence right.
0: action. So, I was I met with a writer last week, one I actually hope we get on the podcast soon. And she mm-hmm. she brought up a good point, And I want to get your take on this. Okay. Um, the point, if we apply it to that, that incident of driving around with the Confederate flag and then getting... Mm-hmm. To, uh, getting what did they get attention? Mm-hmm. Um, Shows in that case she would say that them driving around was and doing that was a prejudiced act, mm-hmm. and that the way that the the punishment is delegated is more. That's the racism. The racism is through mm-hmm. the system um, okay. versus like the the end like somebody calling me the N word or okay. But what's your what's your take on that, or how do you feel about that?
2: Yeah, um, it. I don't like to play around with the term racism too much. And I think we become very loose with that term. Racism to me is point blank. You hate someone because of the color of their skin. I personally, I could be black and I can hate a white person, not because they've done something to me, but because of the skin color. Therefore, I'm racist. That's my personal belief. With the incident that took place, I think it has a lot more to do with the principal knew the students. So she has some kind of personal connection there so she saw it as a big joke she didn't think it was serious but she didn't take into consideration the fact that that incident represented something completely different to 25 percent of the student population which was african-american and hispanic i think it has a lot more to do with ignorance and not being willing to see the other perspective so that principal, I would never say that she's racist. She actually hired me. She and I went, to, we, I mean, I don't see her as being racist. However, I see it as being completely ignorant. And because of that ignorance, she made such a terrible mistake. The worst part to me was that she didn't attempt to acknowledge her mistake. She just kind of brushed it off. And it, and then it became seen as like, well, is just making a big deal out of nothing. So to me, that's, that's a big problem with leadership. You know what I mean? If you're not even going to take into consideration what's happening on your school, then that's a problem. So yes, you can call it racist because you had, you have the issue of the skin color involved. You have that whole historical context. And I mean, even now my ideas about the Confederate flag are a little bit different than they were 10 years ago. To me, it's, um, People who still celebrate or use the Confederate flag, they have some kind of loyalty and ties to Southern history. It's like, whatever, I don't care. But at that time, it meant something much more. And I think in the context of what had actually happened, it was very much so what I identify as a type of hate crime or something that's causing complete disturbance to the student body. And certainly a detention does not uh, solidify any kind of it's not a justifiable consequence. So, you know, to answer your question, um, it's not just the act of racism. Maybe those kids were racist, I have no idea. Um, it's more so the, uh, the, the principle and her not correcting the behavior and then acknowledging the fact that it had hurt so many people. I think that's the biggest problem that I have. You know, I feel like students and kids, they're gonna make all kinds of mistakes. They're going to pull from their parents' beliefs, they're going to do all kinds of stuff. They're going to be stupid at times. The problem is when we adults do not provide the type of correction that will help them to see the other person's perspective and to do better. That's where I fi- I, that's where I find the error, you know, even with that whole situation. I didn't and even when we brought the, the topic up to the community because actually that incident kind of went. <laughs> National, You know, p- people from the news station got involved and uh, we had big forums in the community. So it, it wasn't so much the kids. I think that they were really genuinely sorry for kind of the ruckus that they caused within the city. But it was just the fact that the principal did not do her part in terms of taking ownership for what had happened. And to me, you know, I mean, somebody reading that story might say she's racist and that's why she did it. But I just don't personally think that she was. It just has a lot to do with her maybe not willing to be a good leader.
0: Something we talk about a lot is, um, and and I'm sure we'll get into this a little bit with like um, politics, like talking conservative and 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 liberal. But you know, we Keith and I have had a couple off recording conversations about having um, being racist, actually Mm -hmm. being racist, and then doing things that have racist implications. You know Mm -hmm. whether or not the intent was Mm -hmm. to, you know whether or not the intent was to scare all the black and brown kids at school. Mm -hmm. I mean that action seems pretty deliberate with you know the Mm -hmm. noose and the flag and everything, Mm -hmm. versus just having a confederate flag like oh I love my great granddaddy. Right, right. Which still like when I drive (laughs) around the south when visit my family like. I get uncomfortable when I see Confederate flags because, you know, it's still tied to slavery for me. Like, it's just Mm -hmm. whether or not they are like, I still wish I had slaves.
2: Right. It's a
0: completely different thing.
2: Right. Um,
0: But we do talk about that whole, you know, are you racist or did what you do, did what, did the action you took have an implication? And you you mentioned earlier being on social and Mm -hmm. taking bullets. Mm -hmm. I find it... the bullets I expect and to a degree I mean it, it's, it's never fun for the ego or just emotionally. Mm-hmm. but for me, the thing that was more or appalling is the silence okay the people that don't say anything.
2: I yeah. think
1: I think what's interesting about that point and I think it pivots back to the social post here but wanted to uh, make a comment and see what your thoughts because I think this is part of part of not the but part of the fundamental challenge we have in making racial unity progress in this mm-hmm. country and we talk a lot about this um off off microphone is the, the concept of white privilege i i have mm-hmm. to presume your your principal was white am mm-hmm. i am i mm-hmm. fair in making that assumption yeah and and it's not so much we we as white people have a luxury to mm-hmm. ignore and mm-hmm. in order to self-preserve Right, mm-hmm. and that that term, uh, and I I appreciate the the care that you take in using the term racist because it mm-hmm. is often just thrown around, mm-hmm. and there's so much meat to that. I mean, you're you're insulting someone to the core yeah. of who they are. So as white people, we are always afraid of being called a racist, right? Mm-hmm. It's like that whole, right. hey, I'm not racist, I, gotta, I got a black friend, right?
2: <laughs> <laughs> That's <laughs> um, my and, favorite wine.
1: <laughs> and, and, it's, and it's interesting, it's almost as if the, 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 the weight of the action, especially the noose around the teddy bear, mm-hmm. creates such a concern. She is so afraid of mm-hmm. the personal implications mm-hmm. that whatever her actions take that she's going to be labeled
2: yeah. by somebody else. Mm-hmm.
1: So she takes the personal path of least resistance, even though for mm-hmm. the greater, it's mm-hmm. the path of, of most conflict in, in discord, right? Mm-hmm. So the, the the most interesting thing is it's California, right? Mm-hmm. We, we've talked yeah. with a lot of people from Boston, which is often the, the epicenter of racism okay. and, that
2: <laughs> no one talks
1: about. And then California is the 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 liberal zone, the west mm-hmm. coast. Yet mm-hmm. I was out there recently and I went for a run. Actually I was in I was in uh, Portland and I went for a run, but you know we can we can Yeah, it's just up. one, right? It's all the same. Yeah. It's like it sounds- <laughs> and, and there was a Confederate flag hanging from someone's garage, this big garage door size mm-hmm. Confederate flag, it's like, wait a second. I'm in Portland, yeah. right? That's not, <laughs> that's not supposed to be here, right? Mm-hmm. But but it's everywhere. It's, it's Yeah. Yeah, I think the back of the United States in a way.
2: Yeah, I think um, you know, as I shared before, you you do become a target, and I did. I became a huge target during 2016, but there was something. Oh, excuse me, 20. Gosh. That yes. <laughs> um, But there is something good that came out of it you know our local NAACP chapter got involved and you know I have my feelings about them (laughs) but for the most part they served their purpose during that time they were able to persuade the district to uh, create a hate crime policy or a hate discrimination um, you know new policy within the district which was great and the other benefits that came out of it was um, there were more minority leaders um, within the schools. So they went and started hiring black VPs and black principals. And so, I mean, there's always something good that comes out of it. I mean, it did it for me. I left. I was like, I'm done. I can't handle it. But to me, the greater good happened. And I, I think that's what I would want everyone to do like yeah you're gonna you're gonna hit some serious roadblocks but if you know that what is happening is wrong then stand up you know just even if it's a little post we call those the social justice warriors but <laughs> uh, you know there's just so so many things that people can do and the end result is actually what I was looking forward to I wanted to again bring people to the table and that's what we did I mean we brought teachers students, together with board members and, and, you know, administrators to talk about this particular issue. So that's why I bring it to social media, because now it's like, hey, <laughs> the world is my classroom yeah. now. <laughs> so like
1: so that. Per- personally, that incident and in everything that you did to follow negatively, or since you went a different direction, but would yeah. you say you're, you're proud of the outcome that you I mean, in a way, you were instrumental in a big piece of, mm-hmm. of kicking that stone out from under the building to start the mm-hmm. building to collapse, right? So we can yeah. see what's inside. Yeah. Um, weird analogy, but hey, <laughs> that's the first thing that came to my mind. Well done, sir. So so that yeah. takes you into social media where you continue mm-hmm. your, your journey. And going back to the post that we referenced that ultimately brought, mm-hmm. brought us together, what was the post?
2: So the post was if a black person calls me a slave is that black person racist it was I, something I, along those lines
1: yeah i guess maybe taking a step back what was the post that caused the black person oh, to oh i you see a slave? yeah yeah
2: oh okay i i said something about donald trump and i think i shared the post I, it, in, I
1: in the affirmative not yes. negative. Okay. By
2: the way, I am full conservative. I love Donald Trump. He's not <laughs> always, you know, whatever. But his policies, I agree with. Okay. I agree with that
1: on that, sure. that
2: spectrum. Yeah. But uh, I think it has something to do with that. It might have... Um, I think we were talking a lot about some of the sexual misconduct that we see happening in Hollywood. And um, I think it was along that conversation. And so someone took my post, they shared it on their page, and some of his followers were saying, oh, look at this slave, and she's just working for the man or something like that. And and Uh so then I said, well, let me not come at her. Let me just kind of raise this question to my following and see what they say.
1: So what is um, obviously your following and that post exists and we can put it in the show notes if anybody wants to read the mm-hmm. various different perspectives on that point. Mm-hmm. Um, but one thing you didn't do, and I'm curious to, to ask you here, what's your what's your position on that on that question? If, recall, if a black person my, mm-hmm. calls you a slave, is it a racist comment?
2: Oh, yeah, it is. If it, yeah. it definitely is because it, they're not talking about my status mm-hmm. in terms of the work that I do. They're clearly calling me out something that they find to be derogatory. And it's tied specifically to my skin color. If I was white, they certainly wouldn't say, oh, look at that slave, because there's just no ties to it. So my thing is this, when you use terms that have hatred and bigotry associated with it and you're using it specifically because one person has a particular skin color that is a racist statement and so i share quite often with my following like i get some of the worst comments not from white people i get it from black people i get called a coon i get called a sellout i get it called a slave a word, from people who look just like me and it's only because my thoughts my words are different than she, theirs. Yeah. I, I, I go against what I call the, the growing narrative. And, and it's not even so much I'm going against it. I'm just challenging people's way of thinking that, hey, you just don't have to agree with someone just because they look just like you. Let's challenge the discourse. Let's ask these questions so that we can begin to see each other for being human. You know, that's what we are. We're, we're human. So
1: it's it's interesting. And we've I've referenced that we, we talk about this stuff a lot and, and you know mm-hmm. just the the conflict within the black diaspora in the United mm-hmm. States that m- doesn't necessarily exist in white culture because I can talk to a white person who voted for Trump and I can say I did not. I do not mm-hmm. agree with that. But mm-hmm. I'm not about to call that person something or they're not going to necessarily mm-hmm. call me something just because right. they're based on the color of our skin yet
2: mm-hmm.
1: it's interesting I don't, I don't know if you have any thoughts
2: on yeah that,
1: just because well you know, I,
0: I mean it's it is it's kind of confusing because it's like that same person that will call you a slave for not agreeing with what they think will be mad when another group says all yes. black people think the same <laughs> yes, exactly <laughs> you know that, like, exactly it's like wait you can't have it both ways
1: yeah. Like, and, yeah
0: and then also if somebody else if a white person or a latino called them oh, asleep, yeah. they would lose it i mean they 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 were specifically doing it to goat you like 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 yeah. instead yeah. of they weren't trying to have any ad, they weren't trying to add to what mm-hmm. you were you saying they weren't trying to say, Oh, well, she agrees with Trump on blah, blah, blah. And I think this, mm-hmm. they just wanted to
2: Yeah, and I think I find it. that it's mostly because people don't have the dialogue themselves to add to the discourse. So quite often, if somebody comes on my page, and they say things like that, I don't try to engage too much with them, because I just don't feel like they have the competency to engage in something meaningful but i've had really great discussions with people who are african-american and they are completely on the different spectrum than i am and i welcome those kinds of discussions you know at the end of the day i'm like hey we may not agree on this but at least let's talk about it and so when i come across individuals who use racial slurs or who call me out my name i don't even entertain them because again i feel like you really don't have the, the, the discourse, I guess you can say to engage in this conversation. So
1: it's, it's an interesting representation in my opinion. And I think this is something that's more growing in frustration for me personally, is this demographic representation of voters that is all over every media outlet. You have (laughs) white suburban voters, you have white urban voters, you have white males, you have white suburban women Mm you have this breakdown of white but then you have black and black men and black women voters yeah yeah and that's it and it's like yeah. oh wait a second so <laughs> oh, it's right, interesting it's, you
0: say that actually cuz the other group in white is college educa- educated and not yeah. oh, they really? don't include that for the black groups right. and and that article we heard the other day talking about blue collar america you never hear about
1: black blue collar you only there's hear about white a, really? there's yeah. a, there's a a company in indiana that was during the election Indiana. Yeah, that was referenced (laughs) by by Donald Trump quite a bit. Rexnord. Uh, They had 300 plant workers. It's based in Indiana and they were moving their plant to Mexico. And the idea behind, you know, it's bringing jobs back to America, Mm -hmm. this, that and the other thing. The plant still closed. Um, It actually just finished its move. It was like Mm -hmm. six months behind. Um, so it just finished, I think, a month ago or within the month of December. But the most interesting component of that, because what we often think of, oh, it's Indiana, it's mm-hmm. that middle mm-hmm. middle class, white, blue collar worker, non-college mm-hmm. educated, 40 percent of the employees in that plant were black. Mm. And they and they all got along. It's crazy. And they all got mm-hmm. along within it. The, the general point there is the representation of white working class mm-hmm. when it's it's 40%. It's not 5. It's yeah. 40% <laughs> and oftentimes we think about in the in the political discourse the 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 black culture the black population mm-hmm. is urban. It's in the
2: city. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Don't even talk about the Cosby show or you know there's no, there's
0: no suburb there's no middle <laughs> there's class no there's no... Upper,
2: yeah, there's no wealthy blacks, there's yeah. And I think that's why I enjoy challenging this narrative. Like, look, just because I have this degree of melanin in my skin doesn't mean that I'm voting Democrat. It doesn't mean that I believe everything that they do. Now, My, the reason I don't vote Democrat is because I know the history of it. I know that they are tied, that whole historical context, being tied to the KKK, being tied to slavery. That stuff sticks in my mind when I do it. But I come from that very different background. Whereas everybody else is just like, well, we just vote Democrat because it's the collective identity and there's this push that we have to be one and we have to be. And I'm like, I get being one, but let's be one on our beliefs. Let's be one on our ideas, not simply because my skin color looks like yours.
1: So so going into the, the politics of it, because I think mm-hmm. this is you, you, you called it out. As far as support for the policies Trump represents, it's mm-hmm. um, let's let's talk about that because I mean we can okay. certainly go into the whole conversation about Trump himself, but I'm sure yeah. you've had that discussion a lot. <laughs> and I don't think there's a whole lot that can be added to it mm-hmm. because for me, when it comes to politics, and this is where I think we all miss the boat, right? Um, mm-hmm. Take you know we we focus too much on individuals, we focus uh-huh. too much on the loyalty to party um, oh, yeah I, I am an independent um, <laughs> okay. mm-hmm. personally and we don't talk enough about policy uh, yeah and, and I use this example I was uh, it was when I was living in Chicago I had this conversation I was I was single and oh God this had to have been eight nine years ago
0: mm-hmm. and
1: I was at a bar you know it was late at night and I was uh, talking to these these young ladies who, for whatever reason, after uh, a few drinks, we decided politics was the way to go. Right? <laughs> <laughs> like, this okay. Is, this is a good conversation. Let's let's talk about it all. Right?
2: Yeah. And okay.
1: Within within a half hour conversation, they pl- applauded me for being a liberal. Uh-huh. They then accused me of being a conservative, then applauded me again for being a liberal. Okay. And accuse me, all because we were talking about individual policies, yes, right? And, yes. and I don't subscribe I don't to subscribe any to like, one, yes. one methodology on everything. So, yeah. uh, But I am curious, like, you, so, you, you, are you a Republican? Are you a registered no. Republican? Or are you an independent?
2: Independent, but you, I vote my conservative conscience.
1: Okay, so. and, and what does that mean? <sighs>
2: So typically I vote Republican and I have since I think Bush the second. I think that's when I was allowed to vote or whatever. And uh, the reason, again, it goes back to my Christian values. So certain things like, you know, being pro-life versus pro-choice, that matters probably number one to me. I talk about that. A lot on my page and i've had some people tell me that i shouldn't vote for someone simply because they are pro-life and i'm like you vote for whomever you want to but this is important to me Um, certain things like having religious freedom you know being able to express ourselves these are other elements that are most important to me so when i'm talking about my conservative views and why i voted for Donald Trump is because he was talking about these things he was talking about how and you know he did it with a lot of the Christian leaders that he has surrounded himself with where he talks about how a lot of Christians have been attacked and businesses and things like that these kind of things registered to me because it says oh he is in tune to what's important to me so it's not so much that I just like how outlandish he is oh god no you know Obama was far more charismatic than probably any person I've seen, but his policies just went completely against what I believed. So that's, that's my viewpoint. That's where I come from. So it, it, everything refers back to you know having this kind of conservative matter where I'm looking at things that are more important to me and what I want my, for my daughter to experience as she grows up.
0: So when you, you so basically like you prioritized your, your the issues right. that matter for you, and it's interesting because I think it's fascinating because you like you break the narrative because so many mm-hmm. people after the election were like, well, if you vote for Trump, then you're racist. Yes. It's like yes, you're you're a black woman that <laughs> actually fights very hard to
2: <laughs> yes
0: <laughs> undo mm-hmm. racism in schools yeah
1: in your uh, community. Yeah. Um, to the to the point Rodney made about the teacher, and I want to get your thoughts on this, and this is not, this is just kind of bridging that gap there.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: A lot, of like the vote for Trump, the, I don't believe anybody who votes for Trump is simply just, oh, you're a racist, you hate all right. minorities. Right. But would you not, you, you obviously don't agree, but I think it's probably a perspective, whereas in that conversation we thought, well... We think it has racial implications okay, in yeah. that vote, just based on the way he spoke about minorities, the way mm-hmm. he spoke about Mexicans in particular, right? Mm-hmm. Um, do, what are and and I'll add, ahead, I mean, i yeah. Like,
0: I I think there's been some some definite um, his, his language and his rhetoric has has mm-hmm. spurred some violence and and just a different. Mm-hmm. A uh, different openness towards race. I mean, because it's always been around, right? Like people, right. Black people have been saying this for years, like, no, racism didn't go away. And then it's like, mm-hmm. oh, wait, there actually are still racist people. But what's your take on mm-hmm. this administration or Trump specifically and mm-hmm. being and then, and then so here's here's the other narrative, like, OK, so you're a black woman, you voted for Trump. You would you consider yourself as a warrior for social justice or just somebody oh God, no. who's
2: interested? <laughs> no, no, no. I do not want to be called that. And, you know, the reason is for, well, first I'll answer your first question, then I'll talk about the social justice warrior. Yeah. Um, when it comes to Trump and his rhetoric, I mean, to me, I see this man says exactly what he wants to say, and he just doesn't care. And so when he would discuss certain things, The way that I interpret it is not the same way that others have. I am very big on not listening to mainstream media. Very, very big on it. I don't believe a single word that they say. I prefer to read more independent media outlets. So, and then the ones that are more conservative. Now, as I said, Trump by no means is charismatic at all. And if I were to vote for someone simply based on their personality I wouldn't have voted for him because he's just not fitting that character for me. But again, it all, for me, it goes back to policies. So I think what we saw happen, to be honest, and I'm trying to do it from a very objective point of view, we saw the last eight years under Obama where there was this high rise of racial tension, whereas the country was expecting this great black president, this charismatic, almost kind of Cosby show kind of situation where bam, we have overcome. We have defeated racial animosity in America. Instead, we saw this leader who kind of pinpointed more stuff. It was just one thing after another. Then we saw the rise of the Black Lives Matter movement. And then you saw more police officers being attacked. And so from us on the outside looking in, we did not see his presidency in terms of racism. We didn't see his presidency as moving us forward. To be honest, I felt like we had gone backwards. I think what we saw in mainstream media were individuals such as the alt-right, or uh, I think his name is Spencer or something like that, that whole alt-right group. Oh,
0: the who guy just, who organized Charlottesville? Yeah.
2: Yeah. yeah, yeah. You just saw these individuals coming to the forefront. I mean, they've always met together. They've always The KKK has never gone anywhere. They're, they're just suppressed in a way. Um, But you just saw an an annual
0: rally in the city I grew up in.
2: Oh, okay. Well, you saw media throw all this attention towards them. And because they were throwing their support towards Trump, whom they equated with, you know, we're going to make America great again. And, you know, the media just kind of, in my opinion, twisted it to the point where folks started to say, oh, my gosh, now President Trump is racist because this racist group over here is voting for him. And I was like, No that just because someone is racist and they're like, let's say in my classroom, I had white supremacist students in my classroom. They didn't disrespect me. They never called me out my name. They did the work that I asked them to do. So because they liked me as a teacher, am I a racist person because they do what I'm asking them to do? So that's how I kind of felt about the entire situation. My perspective is, I think Donald Trump, as I mentioned, he says some things that a lot of people are thinking. So you have a lot of individuals who are thinking this certain way about immigration and Mexicans. And, you know, I personally have not heard him say something directly against African-Americans, especially when I go back and I look at his history of working with, uh, you know, the, I think it was called the Rainbow Coalition with Jesse. I mean, when you go back and look at all these different things, from my perspective, he isn't racist towards African Americans. But I do see what he's saying in terms of how we are dealing with the whole immigration issue. And so, you know, because we just have all of these assumptions, and media is the enemy to me, media promotes these ideas and has a way of making people think what it wants us to think. That's the problem. And that's why I'm like, completely resistant towards mainstream media. So no, I don't believe that he is is racist. I think he says a lot of things that people are thinking and he calls them out. He calls them out on it. So, that's yeah. to answer that question.
1: No, I appreciate it. And I think Rodney had a follow up so I'll give you
0: Oh yeah, a couple.
2: The social um, justice. Uh, <laughs> no, the social oh, justice. Mean, there's that. Yeah, well, yeah, 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 yeah.
0: Yeah, which is too. another part. Um but I had a quick question before we lose it on that. Well, mm-hmm. a couple, but media outlets. what are the what are some of the ones you use? something mm-hmm. that we actively try and do is source a lot of different mm-hmm. um Just uh, have a lot of different sources, both on Mm -hmm. all sides of the spectrum. Mm -hmm. Um, So I'm curious, like, are there any that
2: we should should check? I read um, Breitbart. I read WikiLeaks. I read um, Mm -hmm. The Daily Wire with Ben Shapiro. I read Milo Yiannopoulos. Uh, Let's see what else. Those are pretty much the main ones. So anyone that's particularly presenting conservative views, I read their content.
1: So so and I appreciate the 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 acknowledgement. You read conservative media outlets just not right. NBC, ABC. I'll Washington.
2: tune into the I'll tune into them occasionally, but I think I <clears throat> I see just so much lies and hypocrisy. And mind you, I know that conservative outlets are biased towards conservatives obviously. Yeah. Yeah. So what, you know, media says that Trump is doing and calling it heinous and this, that, and the other, conservative outlets will look at it and say, oh, no, that's great, da 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 I do like to give both perspectives so that I can make my own informed decision, but for the most part, and based on what I have seen, uh, the conservative outlets have been telling more so the truth. But again, it, it could be just my bias and me just not liking CNN it, and it, all these other ones. It, yeah,
1: it, it's interesting because I, I will... So I'm a, I'm a PBS NPR guy. And that's where mm-hmm. I get my, my, uh, my information. Um, mm-hmm. but you know, cause I'll turn on the TV and it's to your point, these mainstream outlets that mm-hmm. where, where I, Rodney and I have talked about this in our mission of what we're trying to accomplish as a, as mm-hmm. an organization, right? Mm-hmm. Is the, the big outlets that exist. Mm-hmm. There is, um, especially on TV, Mm -hmm. whether it's Fox News, whether it's MSNBC, whether it's CNN, have become more opinion based Mm -hmm. um, entities that Mm -hmm. are there to discuss things. And I use this as an example. It was frustrating. I was watching um, the news one day and it was prior to the vote for the tax bill. Mm -hmm. And I was sitting here trying to trying to get more information like what's happening, where are we going, Mm -hmm. what's what's the latest, what's the news and i had to watch fox business because mm-hmm. msnbc cnn all they were talking about was russia it's like wait guys we have a <laughs> we have a we have a fox yes. bill going right like we have a tax bill happening yeah. and so i will i will 100% agree that there is this narrative mm-hmm. that ultimately gets tagged onto and it's really really important and this is mm-hmm. what we really want to do is find your facts And own your own narrative because the facts are what they are, regardless of the spin that gets made on it, right? Right. I mean, everybody's got a different perspective. We'll take Russia as an example. You (laughs) you can turn on Fox and know exactly what you're gonna hear. You can Mm -hmm. turn on CNN Mm -hmm. and MSNBC and know exactly what you're going to hear. And the interesting part of it, there's no conclusion that's been made yet. So everybody's just talking, you know, (laughs) they're they're giving you play by play until the end of the game. But they're all talking about who's going to win.
0: And and they're also giving you play by play in a manner that's going to get more clicks. or Yeah. So, right. They're trying to spice it up so that. And and it's not it's it's a narrative. They're driving a narrative that's not necessarily based on. Mm-hmm. Anything for that matter. It's just mm-hmm. uh, so you mentioned a couple things. One, Trump. So it, mm-hmm. actually, we so we had had the conversation about it. Like, uh, is Trump racist? Mm-hmm. And okay. it's kind of a. I think it's kind of a moot point. And mm-hmm. and I, I think, think we determine. I what? think he's an opportunist. Yeah, don't. I don't. Yeah, neither of us think he's racist, but we think mm-hmm. that some of the things he's said and done have, and not just against black. Mm-hmm. I think you mentioned that um, mm-hmm. I think it's uh, fairly a, a lot of other groups, women and
2: mm-hmm.
0: mm-hmm. uh, handicapped, like just he's all over the place. But mm-hmm. that said, I, I think it's it's more going to come down to policies that, yeah. and, you know, how it ends up affecting people of color throughout.
2: Right. Right. And,
0: and then well, even with that, I think. Oh, that's what I was going to ask, so, or mm-hmm. what I was gonna say. So you had mentioned Obama's presidency and the snapback I, mm-hmm. or what I would call is this kind of a snapback where a lot of, frankly, white people would just say, oh, racism's over. We had a black president. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And and then on the far end of the spectrum, the extremists mm-hmm. like, hey, we've got to protect our white
2: mm-hmm. heritage,
0: heritage. Mm-hmm. Uh, There's been a really strong snapback that's like, Mm -hmm. all right, let's break out the flags. Let's like Mm -hmm. let's let's rally up. And you see it's 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 just a louder voice than it has been in Mm -hmm. the last eight to nine, ten years.
2: I think that it's if if you don't mind me interrupting, I think it's I think it's just media. I mean, these individuals didn't just suddenly pop up after Obama. They've always been there. But when you're getting the kind of attention from these mainstream media outlets, then it looks like the population that that holds these beliefs is so much larger than the general population. And that's completely not the truth. It's the same thing as saying that there are no black conservatives within the black community. Well, it's just because you have not been, we haven't been given that mainstream media outlet, that kind of voice, but you would actually find that there's a lot of us. So, uh, you know, I think when it comes to those on the extreme, like the alt-right, in no way do I support them. They don't even like black people. They don't like Jews. They don't like anybody except themselves. Okay. So, uh, so they'll tell when, you about it too. <laughs> oh, yeah, they will. Oh, yeah. You know, I, at least I can deal with people who are honest. <laughs> so, but I think it's when you have media giving so much attention, you know, to these individuals and then them associating themselves mm-hmm. with Donald Trump and the Republican Party that's the problem. And I think it goes back to, you know, mainstream media trying to push this racist narrative over and over and over and over again, to the point where it's like, my God, either you succumb to it or you fight it tooth and nail.
1: So I think what's interesting, and I know a lot of people will clench up when you, you know, say the mainstream media, right? Mm Because I think there's been a narrative that has emerged as far as the disdain, but I would like to break Mm -hmm. that down a little bit, get a little bit deeper because Mm I, you know, I don't, so I don't agree with the sentiment of, of fake news, but I do agree with the sentiment of narrative. And it's that, because I, I, I believe fundamentally that these news outlets aren't trying to push false Mm -hmm. information. Mm -hmm. However, they are taking whatever information they get and they mm-hmm. create the narrative. and i yeah. I am a hundred percent. And I think it's ev- the the only reason I listen to PBS and NPR is because I do believe as much as I try to I filter out the the opinion and mm-hmm. boom, I just get mm-hmm. information. Yeah. And, and you have these limited windows of yeah. time to present information. So they then determine what information is going to be presented. However, yeah. you go to the big ones and mm-hmm. they'll talk for four hours about the same one thing. Mm-hmm. And that's why I think it's so important. It's I mean, it couldn't be more important now than it mm-hmm. ever has been with Twitter and Facebook in legitimate mm-hmm. fake news that gets distributed yeah. through outlets, <laughs> right? Mm-hmm. Legitimate misleading information to make someone believe something or perpetuate the belief that they have. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, you know, I remember um, I have a family member I won't say what you know what what side of my family who posted, mm-hmm. reposted on Facebook back between before the election. Top three reasons your Muslim neighbor is going to kill you, right? <laughs> That type of stuff.
2: Yeah. Right?
1: Not exactly what we should be perpetuating. <coughs> exactly. But if we're not having conversations about the individual policies, which I think uh-huh. given the amount of time we have left to talk, we're not gonna get to every single one of them, but would like to dive into some of them just to get some perspective uh-huh. on what it means to talk about policy. Uh-huh. We, if we're not doing that, this narrative gets created for us. And right. if we don't own it and we don't say, okay, that's cool. Hey, I, yeah. I hear what you're saying. That's fine. I hear what you're saying. That's fine. But everything's so angry and there's oh, yeah. so much of it. And yeah. our brains are, are wired to simplify. Yeah. So we, we, we can't filter oh. it all. And we, can, yeah. we can't process it all unless we take a step back, get away mm-hmm. from a screen and say, hey Felicia, what do you think about this? Mm-hmm, Why are you mm-hmm. voting for Trump? Why am I mm-hmm. not voting for Trump? Because I did mm-hmm. not, right? Mm-hmm. And and be able to manage that dialogue, we'll be able to have mm-hmm. more discourse and a oh, more yeah. peaceful disagreement going forward, even if we will never agree on particular. Oh
2: answers, yeah, right? yeah, definitely. That's
1: my my ramble on that, that issue.
0: Yeah, no, it's well said. I I would say I I agree with that and. Um, it's very similar. I didn't, I didn't say, but very similar to Keith. Like I, I did not vote for Trump mm-hmm. and, but I've gone, like, I, I would say I'm, well, I'm definitely an independent cause I'm not registered on either side,
2: mm-hmm. but I
0: have voted for both Republican presidents and Democratic presidents based mm-hmm. on where I was at that time of my life or policies or, mm-hmm. What I thought would happen, and, and I thought you, I brought you brought up an interesting point about Obama earlier, and like what we mm-hmm. thought would happen and what happened, and I think there's this huge, um, I like to call it a misunderstanding of of the United States president and what their actual powers are. <laughs> yes. <laughs> and what the president, uh, and 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 they are huge. They are. Mm-hmm. It is the most. Powerful person <laughs> in the world for a reason. However, when it comes mm-hmm. to making laws in the United States, there's okay. actually a process for doing that. Right. And I think we oh, we <clears throat> we put too much on the president, or put too much. No, that's not the right way to say it. Uh, we we expect far more out of the president than what they yeah. can actually even deliver.
1: Right? Because um, they're not a king. They don't. They, they don't mandate. Right. And I'm a firm believer. If we have a democratic president, we should have. Um, a balanced Republican Democratic Congress, if not a full Republican mm-hmm. House and Senate. And mm-hmm. on the other side, if we have a Republican president, I think we, because we need the checks and balances. We mm-hmm. need, we need the courts to be an independent entity that oh, are yeah. politically motivated. We need the house to be able to balance what the president is trying to do or be able mm-hmm. to ha- because if, if you don't, there will be zero as we've seen in the last mm-hmm. eight years, um, cross-the-aisle votes. Mm-hmm.
2: They, right. And
1: the, the, the biggest lie of Congress, and this is, sorry, a rant here, uh-huh. is that <laughs> these guys don't like each other, right? Oh, if yeah. you listen to them interview, they have all kinds of conversations like this where they disagree mm-hmm. and then they'll have each other over and they'll spend time oh, with yeah. each other's family and then they get in front of the conversation and they own the narrative more than the media does and they just... Yeah you know it's the marketing it's, of obamacare as an example right
0: it's the same so i think it's a version of what's happening in media you know I, if i watch how msnbc covers a story and then i go to fox and watch how they cover it it's the same story turned with a narrative towards our, yeah. these are our viewers yeah and it and it, it has nothing it often has nothing to do with <laughs> the actual story. It's just, well, we want you to hear about (coughs) the Vegas shooting like this so that you'll Mm -hmm. think this way about guns. And we want you to hear about it like this. So you'll think about it like, and, and it, it just completely, it, and it feeds that it, like he said, you you turn it on, you know what you're going to hear, and it just feeds that,
1: mm-hmm. and it just feeds it and feeds it and feeds mm-hmm. it. People um, refer to Fox as the echo chamber of conservative media, but then it's right. like, well, you're an echo chamber of liberal media as yes, well. So exactly. like it, it, everybody's <laughs> doing
2: it.
1: Um, so if if you if you don't mind, just because mm-hmm. I think we could talk about this for forever, and I, mm-hmm. I greatly appreciate you coming oh, on. Thank it. you yeah, for having definitely. me. <laughs> I I love. Like just having a conversation with someone where you share so much commonality and then you reach a point, it's like, wait a second, can you explain to me what you mean? Because I'm curious to get your Mm -hmm. thoughts on this because I certainly have mine. When you say he represents religious freedom of Mm -hmm. expression Mm
2: -hmm. and,
1: um, yeah, yeah, religious freedom and being able to express. I'm curious to get your thoughts on, on that We'll talk about some specifics because I know we have a hard stop. So I want to be sensitive to time.
2: Yeah. So um, as I mentioned, you know, I look towards different conservative outlets and I also follow different Christian leaders who have surrounded President Trump. So, for example, individuals like uh, Paula White and Lance Walnu. I think that's how you pronounce his last name. But these individuals, they have stories to tell about President Trump that even Breitbart and other news outlets won't share. So, for example, uh, Lance talks about how President Trump, well, this is before he became president. He was in a room with different other Christian leaders and he raised this situation. He, He told this story about how. He was in New York and how there's this area where people can go and do free speech or they can say whatever they want. But anytime a Christian came up there and tried to speak about the Lord or what have you, he would somehow he or she would somehow get backlash. So, um, I mean, I think I'm paraphrasing that story, but what it does is it shows us that he is actually concerned with the fact that certain religious groups in our country are not having the same, as I call, freedoms that other groups might have. You have the issue with the Christian baker who was being sued by um, homosexual couples. And it's like, why are you suing them simply because their faith disagrees with your own? Go try that with a Muslim community or go try that, you know, go get your cake baked somewhere else. So it's these different things that relate back to What I find to be an attack on Christian conservative ideas, because if I'm, for example, I'm not going to go to a KKK bake shop and say, hey, make me a cake with black people everywhere and all this stuff. Knowing full well that they don't even like us. I'm not going to do it. I'm not going to give my money to them. I'm not even going to bother with it. So if I were to try and do that and try and raise this movement and, you know, get all hyped up about it then to me, my agenda is is wrong, my intent, my motive, all that stuff. So when I say that he is more in tune with our ideas about protecting our religious freedoms and liberty, it's it has to do with our rights to express ourselves in this country. It has to do with us saying, you know, what we can't bake this because it goes against our faith. It coincides with, you know, all these different things. So that's really what I'm that's what I mean and that's what a lot of conservative Christians are looking at when we see Donald Trump we see just that that general understanding about protecting these kinds of liberties
0: I have a question was that the Baker that was that in Indiana
2: uh, I think so there's another one was, in Ohio
1: Pence, it went to the Supreme Court because Pence end capital. up
0: making a because Pence ended up enacting a law based on that story
1: mm-hmm.
2: in
0: Indiana or mm-hmm. in Indianapolis.
2: Yeah, there's in, another story in Ohio where the courts have. Um, well, it was another. It was a lesbian couple who filed a suit against this Christian couple, and the courts so ruled in their favor. So, so
0: essentially, what happened was uh, a couple came in and requested a cake
2: mm-hmm.
0: from a baker. I think it was a wedding cake,
2: mm-hmm. right?
0: It was, and the baker refused them. He refused so them. So,
2: what I understand is that. These bakers don't have a problem making cake. It's when you want them to do specific designs like two men on the cake or two women on the cake, because from the perspective of the Christian business person, their name and their brand is going to be associated with that product. I mean, that's just natural. So for them to, to say, no, I can't do that. I can bake you a cake, but you can do all that other decorating stuff on your own. They didn't like that. They they wanted to come at that Christian Baker, so it has reached the Supreme Court. <clears throat> I think we're supposed to hear a, a ruling like sometime this year. So so,
0: so this so. is interesting because I so I'm Christian, mm-hmm. um and and I fall on many sides of this. So like. I do, I have seen attacks against Christians and, and even now I'm, I I see, I see it happening with Muslims and different, Mm -hmm. uh, different groups. And that, that, that bothers me, frankly, Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. even being, I mean, I, I think being in one group, being a Christian myself and seeing that the community has had various levels of attacks and Mm -hmm. it's weird because like. I, I get it from the black side. I get it from the Christian side. Yeah. But then I see other groups, right? Like, And then I see like, um, but from the Baker perspective, like I fundamentally agree that if I have my own business, if you come in without a shirt, I could say like mm-hmm. put a shirt on or you have to leave.
2: Yeah. Um, well, then you would be prejudiced against people who don't wear shirts.
0: Well, right. However, if somebody comes in, I'm like, sorry, I'm not going to serve you because you're white. Mm -hmm. like well that would be racist like that would be discriminatory Right. Right. so if somebody comes in and is like I don't somebody comes in and says I want a cake with two men on it or two women on it and then I say no I would I fall on the side of saying that's discriminatory as well and Mm -hmm. and I don't know how you resolve that because
1: yeah so what's interesting that I find about the Christian religious freedom because I am not Mm -hmm. Um, you know, I, I, I was, you know, I grew up in a Catholic household. My grandparents Mm -hmm. were, you know, they went to Magigori and before my grandfather passed away, wanted everybody to go in the family. Um, Mm -hmm. my mom is one of eight and, uh, I was, you know, I went in to get my communion and they didn't want me there because I asked a lot of questions, um, which is just general (laughs) for my nature. Um, but you know, my grandparents were, were, were a stuff to the church and so they they let me get my my communion um but it's not because i don't think religion has a a strong place in 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 the world um Mm -hmm. and we don't certainly that this isn't a conversation about that but i also believe that subgroups in our Mm -hmm. in our culture may have felt persecuted for a really long time Mm -hmm. by these religious institutions and i Mm -hmm. think we're seeing similar to with the Obama, we're seeing a a self correction. And Mm -hmm. I don't think it's right either, right? Like, Mm -hmm. it's the same reason, hey, if, if there's a guy on the corner, and I've seen it plenty of times in Chicago, who wants to, to um, have scripture through his megaphone, that's, that's his right, right? They Mm -hmm. can go ahead and do that. And he Mm -hmm. shouldn't, no one should be like, get out of here, get out of here. In the Mm -hmm. same way that, hey, if there's a a free speech there's a great video online where there's this alt-right group talking um loudly about a lot of these positions and mm-hmm. a blm group joined to <coughs> protest them but the mm-hmm. alt-right group actually brought the blm leader up mm-hmm. on stage and mm-hmm. they all hugged afterwards and oh yeah right, like they, i know what
2: you're talking about yeah I, will I mean, johnson yeah
1: there you go well, yeah. I, if, if you look that up because i think it's an awesome video yeah. that represents the ability hey Say what you need to say. That's your right. Now, when it comes to the baker, mm-hmm. I struggle to to Rodney's point in this. Mm-hmm. Is like if if you know we we've seen a history in our country that says you can't come into my establishment because of the color of your right, skin, right, right. And so now we're saying, oh, because of who you're getting married, I'm not going to bake you a cake. However, mm-hmm. this is this is where I'm torn, right? Because mm-hmm. I do believe in free market. At the same mm-hmm. time, regulated free market. Yeah. Right. Where you do have the right to to refuse to right. refuse service to anybody, right? And, and for me, it's like, why would you tell them? Like, this is just me. It, being why would you? Like, why would you tell them? <laughs> like, just I was, say like, I don't I'm have, have time. Like, cake, bro, I, I, I'm busy. I don't have time to make you your cake. Mm-hmm. Sorry, you're gonna have to find mm-hmm. another establishment on your date. So I'm not gonna be mm-hmm. able to bake that cake, and then we're not in this place. Mm-hmm. Uh, so you know, it's this it's this weird pull that I struggle with because I mean, I don't know what your thoughts are on the. Mm-hmm. Discrimination thing But maybe I, I come back to you And yeah, how I, you, you maybe reconcile that Or how I yeah. your thoughts there
2: You know, obviously I don't favor any kind of discrimination And I think one of the problems Is, is that we don't have all of the story. We don't know what that baker said. We don't know what that couple said to him. We don't know if there was animosity between. We have no idea. All we get, of course, is what mainstream media tells
1: us. um, what the narrative is. Yes.
2: And so in terms of answering your question, how do I reconcile it? For me, again, it goes back to the individual's rights. He has a right to, again, free market. He has a right to believe what he wants to believe. And at the same time, he has a right to say, no, I can bake you a cake, but I can't have my name, my brand associated with this homosexual agenda. And so that's that's what it goes back to me. For example, I have my publishing company, and I work exclusively with Christian authors. It's not because I don't want to work with anyone else, but I'm just really good with this particular industry. This is my brand. Mm -hmm. So if somebody comes to me and says they're an atheist and they want me to publish their book... I'm going to tell them no i can't because my brand, brand my yeah. brand does not associate with that particular idea and i think that's what the baker you know is thinking as well it, we have to think along those terms and and recognize that you know if you really want a cake and you really want it to look that way go find the people who can do that for you but don't sue me don't take me all the way to court because i did something that you don't like
0: Well, and it's it's interesting because you bring up a really good point. Like, did the baker, to Keith's point, did the baker just say, hey, we can't make a cake that day? Or did the baker, like, for your date, like, we, Mm -hmm. sorry, we can't fulfill that order. Or Mm did they say, we can't fulfill that order and say something disparaging or derogatory? Mm -hmm. like
2: They probably said, like like I said, we're speculating. Yeah, no, I'm just saying, like,
0: I'm I'm saying, but, but the... I think the where it where it matters, and we'll find out at some point, yeah. is the response, right? Like if yeah. like if you just said, "Hey, man, we you know, sorry, we can't we can't help you here," I'm gonna walk away. But if mm-hmm. you say, "Nah, man, we don't mess with with n words, and uh, you got to get out of here," then my response is going to be very different, yeah. towards that establishment, right? Mm-hmm. So I I that's that's where,
1: but um, I, I think I think Felicia, you bring up an interesting point in in this and i will admit i don't know and i, I mean you've admitted mm-hmm. we don't, don't know, know I, all I the details it, yeah. i haven't read the court proceedings mm-hmm. i'm sure there's there's some public documentation out there as to all of the details and i'm going to be honest i'm not going to go do that right so <laughs> right. <laughs> i don't have time but you're that. also not going to speculate <laughs> on it either. i'm also right. not going to speculate on it because you bring up a good point like did he make the cake he just yeah. doesn't want to put two men on top of yeah. the cake like if it's that simple I can go get two men and put them on top of my own cake and exactly. you know he's going to deliver it and do it that day. Or was it, I mean, we could speculate, but I think that's ultimately what it comes down to. And it's, but it's fascinating when we go back to this media thing because I don't, do, do you follow sports at all, Felicia? Are you a, oh, just you're baseball. a baseball, just baseball. Yeah. <laughs> well, in, in, in football, I'm a Patriots fan. Okay. And this weekend is the first weekend of the playoffs um, okay. in which the Patriots are not playing at all. Okay. Okay. Not, they they have no game. They play next weekend. The winner, you know, based on how this mm-hmm, weekend mm-hmm. played. Yet yesterday, or two, yeah, it was yesterday. ESPN published an article about all of this front office strife that's happening in New England. You know, mm-hmm. Brady, and Belichick, and Kraft—they're all at odds. It dominated okay. the sports media conversation. It's mm-hmm. like for me, and then I look and him like, why? I'm a mm-hmm. Patriots fan, and I look at the article, and I, I'm at first like, okay, this is stupid. But I mm-hmm. I can see some validity going back to my point of I don't believe people are maliciously publishing mm-hmm. false information. I do believe there's validity to the information. What I mm-hmm. don't understand is why we're all talking about it. Yeah, Like, they don't play this way. It's it's they don't this
0: way. It was like, a it slow news day, day. The Patriots sell, so they talked about them. It's, I mean, yeah
1: that's what sells and and that's what and
0: and that's the thing it comes back to is what sells
2: oh yeah definitely and i think it has it has such a negative effect on the general population because we turn to these outlets to get information you know we are trying to find out what's happening in government what's happening in politics what's happening in our communities and so that's why i actually like more independent media forms like podcasts or, um, you know, like I was saying, these other ones, because they're just going to talk about quite often the issues. Like I said, they do throw in their conservative beliefs, but more for the most part, people who are just independent, they're just going to talk about what's happening and then they'll add their conversation and their opinion. But I, I appreciate that more than <laughs> mainstream media telling me how I need to think and how I have to be just like everyone else because of the color of my skin that that kind of bothers me hey. so
0: I find it interesting that like fox pulls themselves out of the mainstream yeah. media <laughs> no
2: like, they I'm, are.
0: I'm glad
1: you agree there. <laughs> oh they, no they, they do are, yeah,
2: totally. uh, that, and when I say mainstream I'm talking about Fox. Yeah, I'm yeah. talking about MSN you know when I say mainstream that's who I'm talking about. Independent yeah. is more of those individuals like Breitbart who don't have this huge television kind of presence you know daily wire they're just doing their own thing and they're talking about stuff. So Fox is <laughs> it's up there with mainstream media too. Yeah.
1: But it's interesting because we get the headline, oh, mainstream media, mainstream, you know, I hear Trump Mm -hmm. say it once or twice. Um, You know, I don't, I won't fall into the whole fake news trap, but I do Mm -hmm. agree in that. And I'm glad to hear that from you, like your Mm -hmm. perspective on that, because it's it's nuanced. It's not just... Oh, I I don't like mainstream because somebody (laughs) tells me not to like mainstream. Yeah, I don't you know for for the reasons that you've outlined. So I appreciate
0: that. Yeah, just super quick, a social warrior. So I specifically (laughs) asked that because I know it's one of those buzzwords. Yeah, thrown around conservative conservative liberal, and (sighs) I think it's it's we have a whole episode about the words we use and how Uh inaccurate it is to call somebody a Republican or a Democrat or conservative or liberal, and then social. Justice warrior seems to be one of those because, like, I think in action, maybe Mm -hmm. you are, but you wouldn't define yourself as such. And I would love to get your perspective on that.
2: Yeah, that term to me is kind of a joke. I don't even take it seriously, to be perfectly honest. What
0: exactly, like, what does it mean to you then? Yeah, okay. Because how do people use it? And then what does it mean to you? Because let's throw that up.
2: Yeah, well, to me, it means that it's someone who's fighting for social justice and will do anything and everything to combat it, but it has turned into this joke because it's just about people, you know, going on social media and attacking folks because they don't agree with the general narrative. That's not, to me, you fighting for social justice. To me, that's just you trying to be somebody. But if you really want social justice, you have to get involved in society. You have to get involved with the issues that are, um, you know, plaguing, whether it's in education, that's what I tackled. Um, or if it's in business or in, uh, in these areas where it's affecting the general society, then, yeah, get involved with that. Get involved with the policies. Get involved with, you know, your community in terms of you actually bringing change to the forefront. So I don't consider myself a social justice warrior simply because the term to me is comical. It, it just has this kind of funny connotation to it. And so I, I'm just like, no, I'm, I'm a human. I love righteousness i love justice and i fight for it it's not
0: like it's not like it's a term that like martin luther king or malcolm x or gandhi or anybody (laughs) who actually affected change has ever used it's just it's more of a a term used at somebody like yeah It,
1: it, it sounds to me though um if you were to strip down the the narrative around the term itself, which seems to be mm-hmm. the theme of our conversation, the owning the narrative, which is something we say privately a lot. Uh-huh. If, if that, if someone were to tell you social justice warrior and gave the definition and you felt the definition associated with how you defined it, you mm-hmm. would be fine with that adjective. Oh yeah. But oh, it's yeah, what yeah. has been, how it's ultimately connotated in general usage that it's like, okay, well, that was fun it's it's like i love being the person who knows that band that no one knows but now Uh they've sold 50 million (laughs) records and i'm not interested in them anymore yeah yeah yeah
2: Uh. yeah exactly well and the
0: last last thing i wanted to say you made a point earlier that i didn't comment on uh not not engaging with people that Uh i think it was the post that we were talking about like they Uh um throughout the term slave like it is When someone does that, it is obvious they throw Mm -hmm. out social justice warrior, or snowflake, or libtard, Uh or um, (laughs) any uh, any of them, uh, fascist. Like Mm -hmm. you, you know, you know where you're start. You know where they're starting, right? And it's not anywhere productive,
2: right?
1: All
0: right, we're gonna just move on
1: to kind of bring this uh, to conclusion because we only have a few minutes left, and I want to be respectful to your time. Mm -hmm. um, Is what I've loved about this conversation is, one, we got to know you all a little of it bit more. Right? <laughs> um, yeah, of course, all of it. One, we got to know you a little bit more. And two, the complexities that these kind of conversations actually bring uh-huh. and that we can't shy away from the complexities right. of going <clears throat> deep on one issue and then maybe talking about another one later, right? Right, and right. And not categorizing someone as one particular type of right. person. Just because they think this way about this one thing, right. so um, I greatly appreciate your willingness to go go through yeah. this with us. I hope it yeah. wasn't. I hope it was what you expected. Uh-uh. And oh, it's better. Oh, <laughs> uh-huh. awesome.
2: yeah.
0: If you were gonna leave our audience with any nugget or uh, the world for that matter, what would you say? What would you? What would you like to throw out?
2: I'd like to say, bring your ideas to the table. Be rational. Be reasonable. It's always good to have your emotions added to it, but Just mind yourself. Uh, And I would probably say read that book, How to Win Friends and Influence People by Dale Carnegie. You will you will become more intelligent (laughs) in your discourse and debate. So just bring it to the table, but respect the other person's viewpoints. And we'll actually find ourselves with so much more in common than uh, than what's different.
1: Thank you for joining us today, and we hope you enjoyed today's show. We just want to leave you with a quick reminder that the more we can review the show, the more reviews that we can get. The, the more opportunity there is to find us uh, for those looking, especially with the new name, and there's more opportunity if if it's something that you're passionate about and aligning with our with our mission to to expose different perspectives and evaluate the way we think about each other and each other's ideas in an effort to evolve our mindsets and and ultimately just how how we go about treating other people. Um, you know, a review certainly helps get 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 the message out there and get more people listening. So, um, we really appreciate, you know, you tuning in as always and have an awesome day.